Hey y'all, you know what's going on. You've been here before. Uh, you clicked on the podcast, you know what's happening. Or or it autoplayed after you finished another episode of another podcast you would actually wanted to listen to, and you're quickly getting to your phone right now to stop this from playing because you don't want to hear it. Either way, welcome. You're listening to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with Lemonade Snow and all those celebrities buried six feet below. Let's get into it. Big Facts No Cap what are we talking about what are you going to what are we talking about? what are we what's going on? it's called banter adrian Learn a thing about it. Bruce Banter? If you want to be in the podcasting game. Mm. This is why I'm paying you $5 a month to teach me how to be a podcaster, right? <laughs> so what were you doing today? Uh, I was beekeeping and then doing some dissections, making some inoculates. You know how it is. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of teriyaki. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, it was a good day. Actually, it was a very pleasant day of beekeeping. It was hot. It was sweaty. But it was one of those things where like, the worst way my day can possibly go is I have a whole bunch of stuff to do and like 10 minutes of it is going outside and doing something and getting gross. When I have a day where like I know I'm going to spend hours outside being really gross and sweaty by the end of it, I just accept it and it actually feels really nice. You know, it's meditative. Yeah. It's um, it's it's real. It's real. It's real laborious, but like it's labor in a way that feels kind of good. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I did that. Got a nice sweat on and then did some stuff in the wet lab like a real integrative scientist. Nice. Yep. A wet lab is like where there's chemicals and dangerous stuff. It's a place where you're supposed to wear pants and stuff, even though I like to wear shorts all the time. <laughs> Damn, nobody told you about that when you were in elementary school and said you wanted to be a scientist when you grew up. That's kind of true. <laughs> they were like, yeah, you're going to have to wear pants whenever you're like around chemicals and shit. And I'm like, but I'm not even doing anything. And they're like, yeah, but it's like the rule of like, you know, being in that space or whatever. And it's like, but I don't even I don't even do anything in there, man. <laughs> Let me just dissect some bees in peace. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to today? This weekend? Fun weekend? Didn't get any uh any calls from Paul needing to be grounded because he was getting turned up. I did get really drunk both nights. Sorry I didn't give you a call, Adrian. That's okay. Um, That's also pl- perfectly fine on my end. <laughs> uh no no no. <laughs> I'll I'll slot you in from now on. Um All right, uh how have your bowel movements been this week, Adrian? Loose. Really? And a lot of sinking. I can't remember from that Oprah episode. Are they supposed to sink or are they supposed to float? Oh, God, I already regret this theme for the episode. <laughs> oh, God, this is part <laughs> of the theme. I forgot about that. This is nasty. Nasty. All right, the, to, to bring the audience in, where uh, the theme of this episode is pee-pee-poo-poo. Um, <laughs> Which I received as an idea from a text from Paul. <laughs> um... And honestly, I don't want to do a lot of discussion off the top. I don't know if the audience wants to hear it, to be honest with you. What do you, do you mean? Have any good, do you have any good stories? Let's not review our last... Let's not make this a part of Media Roundup. <laughs> 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 Wait, we, we skipped Media Roundup. Do you want to go backwards? Uh, yeah, let's go Let's go backwards. Um, let's see. Uh, I can no longer say no capybara because we just got a capybara at the Sacramento Zoo. Damn. So that's very exciting. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to our Danish listeners who have consistently kept us at like 30 on the Danish charts for like the last two weeks. I think we just got bumped down to like 60, but like 
before that we were like going up at least one or two places every day. Uh, so whoever you are in, in Denmark that's listening to this, um, thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate the support. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, this is one of those like guilty pleasure things, but I feel like I've been enjoying it enough that like I should give it a shout out. Shout out to Small Ant on YouTube. Uh, he does like uh, video game speed runs and watching his Pokemon speed runs are a surprisingly nostalgic and fun way to spend some time of just like zoning out and or because I never played Pokemon as like an adult, like even in like high school, like competitively in any way. I finished playing Pokemon as someone who just had attacking moves and just used those to like beat everyone up. I never took the time to learn what status moves do. And so having to see him like strategize and use like the moves the way you're supposed to correctly use them is a kind of an interesting learning experience. That's interesting because I think Pokemon is so linear that maybe even the speed runs you do have to strategize. But typically speed runs are the other way where you see people don't, not strategizing and just min-maxing the stupidest well, thing in the game. So he doesn't exactly do he does speed runs, but with like very particular rules. So it'll be like my Pokemon yeah. don't gain any XP from battling or like. Uh, my team randomly switches every like time I battle and like, I don't okay. know what Pokemon I'm going to get. So it's a lot of like, I just have random Pokemon with random skill sets and moves and stuff. Yeah. He's not like clipping through walls or. Yeah, like, no, uh, no. He's, I think he's probably done a lot of that in the earlier content. And now it's like, he just like accepts specific challenges for different uh, games. And like, that's cool. Watching him play through Emerald is really fun. Cause that's very nostalgic. And then watching him play the other ones is also pretty fun. Cause you know, mm-hmm. learn some new stuff. It's very cool. And then one of my celeb enemies me. The the TikTok lady was on Wired's Q and A uh, series, and so I sent the video to Paul. And as I said to him, she starts off the first half. She had me. She was doing a great job. Second half, she really falls off. And uh, yes, it's kind of frustrating to feel like if I saw that, I would just assume everything she said was true. I mean, it's Wired. You'd think they would like ask a couple people to like review it, like a couple you know, people in the beekeeping community like, hey, is this all vaguely accurate before we put out misinformation? But apparently not. Nope, apparently not. So I don't want to go through all the specifics of it, but uh, it was living rent-free in my head today. My headphone adapter, because fucking Apple sucks and you have to have adapters for everything, uh, broke. So I just had to be with my thoughts while I was beekeeping today. And just the entire time I was thinking of different stuff she said where I was like, that's so fucking wrong. (laughs) I don't know, man. Damn. She she gets to me. I, I'm never going to go out publicly against her. This is the most I'm ever going to do in terms of going out publicly against her. But uh, don't uh, don't believe everything you see or hear from people who are supposedly experts about stuff. Damn, Wired. This is why Trump won. Because people like you putting out misinformation. Wired is basically the Russia of, <laughs> of America. That tracks. Wired, that if you're listening, find Paul's emails. <laughs> Send them to me. Bigfactsnocappod at gmail.com. Hit us up. Uh, yeah, and so that's my, it's gonna be my negative, uh, media roundup for the, for the week, but definitely check it out. It's a fun video to watch. Nice. I watched, uh, Cruella, the, Oof. um, the Cruella DeVille character piece, the female Joker, mm-hmm. famously known as female Joker. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was exactly what you would expect. It, it was bad. Um, but my it sister was, loved uh, it. <laughs> why does that not surprise me shout out to dorley though she's cool um but yeah yeah I, I don't really have a lot of notes on it basically like just go watch uh adam of what you know we do a lot of media roundups but i don't think we've ever met munchened adam of yms no we've only like subbed um, him yeah so well, well that'll be my media roundup go watch his review of that movie he basically hits the nail on the head he just released his um, emmy uh uh commentary today which was very fun I was going to say, I love his Emmy commentaries. I love the Adam and Pals content. It's all super hilarious. 
Yeah, I guess I'll be it. So negative, negative media roundup for Cruella, positive media roundup for, for Adam of YMS. Cool. Oh, and if you want like a funny thing to like get into him with, his, uh, his series on, uh, Adam and Pal's series on Twilight recently, like basically wrapped up and it was, uh, it was great all the way through. Mm, it was very good. All right. Pee pee poo poo. Pee pee poo poo. Paul, Paul, Paul. Why did you want to do this as a topic? Do you have any good uh, scatological uh, stories? So, you know, what's funny is that actually just the other day when I was doing some monotonous lab work with two volunteers, uh, we literally just went through. I don't know what. Oh, it's because I work with male bees and they poop on me all the goddamn time. And there are literally times where I'm like, dude, I'm fine with being stung. But if another bee poops on me, I swear to God, I'm quitting grad school. And uh, I was handling a bunch of bees getting pooped on. And that triggered a conversation where all of us just talked about times that either had scatological or what's what's the P like fancy word. So we just told all of our like random scatological and urinological stories of like the one time uh, one of my friends like was apparently standing in line for like a club and the dude behind her like really had to pee but didn't want to get out of line. So we just peed on the wall and it splashed on her leg and she like chewed Ew. the dude out. Yeah. So we literally just went like through all of our stories of like different times where like different body fluids have uh, been in at play and uh you know, I have a few of them. There was the time where I got really dehydrated at my first concert and threw up on a guy in the bathroom because I couldn't make it to the toilet. Uh, <laughs> Craziest Wiggles concert of all time. So I didn't throw up on him. I threw up in like a to- in like a trash can on the side and like well, some of it got on his white shirt. Were, were you drinking? But I, it was your first concert. So I'd have to no, I was 15. Yeah, it was just yeah. it was a metalcore show and I was like really sweaty in the pit and like I didn't drink enough water because I didn't know about staying hydrated during uh vigorous mosh pitting and so yeah, yeah we don't tell 15 year olds about that <laughs> that's that's knowledge we save till sophomore year at least it was funny too because it was uh it was a metalcore band uh it's the devil wears prada and so uh they're a metalcore band but they were performing at a christian venue because they're also a christian band and so at one point like the owners of the venue come out and they're like if you guys want to dance next to your neighbors that's fine this is douglasville georgia by the way if you guys want to dance next to your neighbors that's fine but no one should be hitting each other and i was like yeah i don't know how you know that these these metal shows go crazy bro <laughs> there's literally a, like they're known for having a circle in the middle where everyone just thrashes into each other at 15 before going to any show you were you like just one of those people who like read a lot about mosh pits online and you were excited to finally be in one um, not really. I wasn't even really deep in the pit. I was just kind of like at the edge of it and just like jumping gotcha. around a lot and stuff. I wasn't really big on the actual like moshing at all. I was just a tiny boy. I was a little cupcake. I was getting smashed. I had there. one of those friends in college and it always just made me laugh the way he talked about mosh pits, which felt more conceptual than mm. <laughs> like experiential because it felt like he clearly was on some forums I don't know about mm. and had learned a lot about like mosh pits and mosh pit culture. Mm-hmm. And he would just be like, he would talk about his experiences, but it would feel like so obviously through a lens of like, this is what uh, like you're supposed to say about them. Mm. It'd be like, yeah, it's just like, you feel like everybody there is your brother. Like I knocked my glasses off and everybody stopped and they helped me get them because it's not about There's hurting each other. Like that, yeah. It's like, it's so obvious you've narrativized this based on other things you've heard online Mm -hmm. and made this a like part of your identity despite being maybe in like a handful of mosh pits. I did lose my glasses once in the front row of a concert where I was like jumping around. I think they like whipped off of me and I thought they went ahead of me into like the actual stage and I was like, oh, and when the concert's over, I'll go get them. So I just didn't think about it at all. And at some point, someone taps me on the back and like wherever they flew behind me, people just like created a chain of passing them along to get them back to me. So that oh, actually is a, yeah, that is a story I have. Oh, maybe, was I talking about Adrian, y'all? Leave your uh, leave your ideas in the comments. Leave a five leave star them, review. Leave your conspiracy theories in the chat. 
I was not talking about Adrian. I was talking about a very specific person. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that was one of my stories. Uh, in terms of, um, I pooped myself once in first kindergarten. Um, and I will tell you why, because I very vividly remember this. I'll tell you why. I was very big on bathroom privacy. And because we were kindergartners, the bathroom in our room did not lock because they did not want kindergartners locking themselves in the bathroom. So the only thing stopping people from going in and out of the bathroom was a stop or go sign. And because the other children in the class were kindergartners, they often ignored it or maybe couldn't read or tell what colors were. So I really did not like using the bathroom at school. And so one time I really had to poop and I was like, I don't want to like go in there and just put the stop sign on. Someone's going to walk in on me. So I just opted to poop myself <laughs> and my mom had to come pick me up. <laughs> and I very so distinctly remember like that was my exact logic for why I didn't want to do it is because that upset me. I've told this on another episode of the pod early on. I'll retell it um, about being a nervous peer. I was never really a nervous peer till freshman year of college. When something we both know from high school, Jacob, started making it a habit of coming up behind you anytime you were in a urinal, wrapping both his arms around your body and helping you hold your dick, which just ruined peeing at urinals for me. <laughs> it's a bit that ages well, though. It does. No, it's a funny bit. It's a funny bit. But yeah, no, it, I I just like I, was, I became so nervous that I was going to feel his arms wrap around me. <laughs> <laughs> that I could no longer pee at a urinal if he was anywhere nearby. If he was like in the dorm, That's so I was funny. like, "It's too risky." What if he walks in? <laughs> I don't think I have any other good pooper pee stories. Damn. Um, there was a, I guess, another thing from freshman year of college. There was a guy who I guess didn't like our RA, so he shit in a tissue box and left it in front of his door. Damn. Um, which what a statement. Yeah. What a goddamn statement. I feel like that's something that you would use, like, a shoebox for. I feel like a tissue box is, like, so, like, you're really getting, like, you have to aim yourself really, uh... You're you're 100% right, Adrian. <laughs> I, w I was also confused by the decision-making process at okay. play here. Okay, Um, But, yeah, what a good way to screw everybody else over, because it's, like, a small enclosed space. We all have to smell that in the hallway. Wait, and should then... we retell the story about when there was the poop in the urinal at, uh, <laughs> at our middle school? <laughs> Are you mixing up our middle school with a South Park episode? Wow, it's crazy how much your responses are just the exact same from like when we first told the story. It's like you're going off a script. <laughs> um, yeah, seventh grade. Someone uh, pooped in the urinal at uh, Pleasant Hill Middle School. And in every classroom, they did the tactic of having uh, the teacher come in and say, I know it was someone in this specific class. So just give yourself up and we won't uh, make the whole rest of the class like be punished for it. And they did that in every single classroom is their strategy to try and get someone to confess. Um, and then the big joke of it was I told someone next to me that like they were getting the CIA to like DNA test the poop to find out. Oh who yeah, was yeah, and, I remember this now. Me. Yeah, you know I remember middle school. One of our coaches trying that was like somebody peed on somebody's ID and threw it into the urinal. Mm. Um, and wait, so they didn't pee on it in the urinal. They peed on it and then threw it into the urinal. <laughs> You're right. I did actually know the set of steps, but that makes more sense. There was. <laughs> All I know is there was an ID in a urinal with pee on it, but you're right. Your uh, okay. your reading makes more sense. No, no, you're right. I, I still don't know who did it to this day. I think they got away with it. Spoiler, but the, the coach's uh, way of trying to punish us into figuring out who did it was g give yourself up, or we're gonna have to keep doing push-ups. 
And then he was like, started making us do push-ups. And it was just like, after like, you know, the 10 I could do, I just gave up and laid down. And it's like, what is he going to do about it? Obviously, mm. I didn't do it. I'm a nerd. So he just like, <laughs> and then I think like by that point, multiple people had just given up and laid down. I was like, this is the weirdest, most like, we're not at your mercy in that sort of way. This is a public school. Mm-hmm. Like you are not a drill sergeant. Anybody can just give up whenever. <laughs> like, what a weird power move that everybody can read through immediately to be like, we're going to do push-ups till whoever did it tells me mm-hmm. who did they did it. I don't know. I Even now, as an adult, I don't know what was going through his head. Like, what a poorly thought-out plan with no... I think he probably thought that, like, whoever did it probably wasn't the smartest person in the group, so... <laughs> they might have been like, oh, no, I'm not so going to keep doing forever. push-ups till they die. <laughs> they were going to be like, I don't want to do that. I guess I'll have to confess. Till they puked of uh, of of exhaustion like Adrian at a metal show. Mm-hmm. That's called a callback joke, Adrian. Ooh, okay, taking notes. This is why I pay $5 a month for this. It, well, when you come to Big Facts No Cap, you come here for quality. Yeah, for this highbrow content of pee-pee-poo-poo. <laughs> pee-pee-poo-poo. <laughs> uh, any other stories from when you were younger? Any, like, younger stories? or No, nothing I remember. I was a bed peer until, like, I think I was a bed peer a little late, like, until, like... High school? Uh... <laughs> until last night uh, <laughs> fingers crossed it stops now that is a real thing though right that like some kids do it for so long that like they can't go to sleepovers because like it, it impedes their ability to go to sleepovers and stuff yeah mine was definitely not that long i want to say like first grade mm. you know, that is like embarrassingly long but like enough that mm-hmm. you're not really going to sleepovers yet that often okay cool probably want to get into these articles yeah sure I'm going to bring in for you today for our column, Dear Prudence. So the title of this one goes a little bit like this. Help my neighbor peed on my doorstep. And here's the question. Q. How to set boundaries with neighbor. My roommate and I have been having more backyard fires as a safer way to see friends during the pandemic. Our one neighbor, K, is in her 50s and keeps inviting herself over when we are having a fire. Oh, can I just casually go ahead and mention, I've heard this one before because it was on an episode of Chapo. I'll try to avoid what they said about it, but let's keep going. (laughs) Uh, She usually dominates the conversation, complaining about her kids or work, and she won't take the hint to leave when we are ready to pack it in. We've tolerated it up until now because she doesn't seem to have any friends of her own, and the pandemic has been difficult for everyone. However... Last night, she crossed a line. A friend who we'll call B was over for a socially distanced backyard fire, and B agreed to pee in a discreet corner of the yard by the shed because she wasn't in our house bubble. Later, Kay walked up to the back door and peed where a welcome mat would normally be, in full view. We were shocked and didn't say anything to her at the time, but her bathroom is literally next door. She was already making us feel uncomfortable, but this act was the final straw. How do we tell her that we don't want her inviting herself over and peeing on our doorstep anymore? Virgil, Matt, Felix, <laughs> what's your take? Um, I mean, I think it's simple. Put a doormat there, then she can't be there. Hmm. Yeah, this is a tough one because, like, you know, your neighbor is your neighbor. You know, you want to have a sense of community. You want to like who you're living next to. You want to be able to go over and ask for a bag of sugar if you need it. But come on to her. Try what? try to try to have a three way with her. You, your wife, and her. Ooh. I mean, obviously, the flaw with that is if she's into it, then you have to, then you have to have I mean, sex with her. She's peeing in front of everybody. You know, she's down to do something. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. She's way too likely to be down to clown. Ooh, definitely. Yeah, you're on. I'm a freak bitch. Start talking about Jesus around her. Ooh, that's kind of a good idea. Start, start telling her about the Lord. You know, I was, 
I was just reading Ezekiel 5, 8 last night. I was night. just about I, to say, if you were to play religious, what would be your Bible, Bible was, verse that you'd go to? I was, I was reading Ezekiel 5, 8. And well, it, I think they're going to know from the fact that you can't pronounce the name of the book of the Bible. Ezekiel 5, 8. <laughs> Ezekiel. And I, Ezekiel 5, 8. No, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 5, Ezekiel 5, 8. And it said, the Lord, he cometh down and he bringeth the good times with the bad. And you have to learn to live with the fruits that you sow and the sow that you fruit. Mm. Is that King James or is that standard uh standard version? My cousin Rodney speaks Aramaic, so we just he lets us know what's in the Bible. It it, it says that Rodney gets fifty wives. It actually says in the Bible, he knows because he knows Aramaic that the free parking of Monopoly does mean that whoever <laughs> gets the money, whoever lands there gets all the money in the middle. So <laughs> that's ordained by God. <laughs> Oh, wait, this has nothing to do with the column. I just liked your idea of pretending to be religious to get people to get away from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what what else could she, what else could they do to scare away this 50-year-old lady? Oh, wait, to scare them away. I oh, you, you think they should build example. an outhouse? Like from the, I, I only know about those from the intro to Shrek. When he's in the <laughs> outhouse. You've really never used an outhouse before? Uh, no, that was a joke. I think I've used an outhouse, but more like in a like campground where there's I've used like... one in uh, Guatemala for sure, and I think I've also used one in campgrounds. Yeah. Okay, so that solves the first problem. If we're talking about just first line of defense, I would say it's clearly they're in like early quarantine, so they have the time to do like a little passion project. Don't build a tiny house, build a tiny poop shack. But I think the basic is that they don't like her socially. They want to get her away from them. I, I mean, I do like our sandpit idea and our outhouse ideas, but... I think you, you, you can't you can't do something that so clearly signals. I mean, that's clearly a bat signal for her. Like she feels like when she sees a fire going, she's like, now's my time to shine. I got to get out there. And honestly, uh, maybe fires are a community event. Maybe you're wrong for not wanting her around. Maybe everybody true. should be invited to a fire. You got good beers, good friends, good times. You can't tell your neighbor not to come. I mean, that would be the worst thing, though, is if you don't even like her, she comes over and she drinks your beer. Like, hopefully she's at least bringing her own beer. <laughs> like, God, yeah. That's true. Maybe you could come up with like some weird thing. Like actually, when we do this, everybody we we play Catan, and she's like, "Oh, I've never played before." But y'all could te- actually everybody already has to know. We don't have time. It's way too complicated to teach you. Like maybe you just need to come up with like a. You second can't teach thing an old lady new tricks. So you know what I'm saying? Maybe you. you need to come up with a second thing you're technically doing. That everyone pretends that they're playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like it's like, oh, actually, this is like our college hangout or something. Like everybody mm. here went to college. Like you maybe have you have to like. Make it a paradigm of it's not just a party for friends. There's like this a is actually just to hang out for people who are currently testing positive. So <laughs> with HIV, <laughs> I think um I've been in entire friend groups of like multiple people where it's just so clear that one person has the best place to hang out at. So I don't yeah. know if that's the situation, but if not, maybe just move to someone else's place. Hmm. This, I mean, you have to, they didn't give us enough details about her personality. You have to know enough about her to know it's going to turn her off. You know what I mean? So Mm. it's like, if it's not the religious angle, maybe it's the race angle. Maybe it's just saying something she said was inappropriate. Maybe she doesn't like smokers. Yeah, maybe she doesn't like smokers and y'all all all take up smoking big ass cigars (laughs) together, um, lighting them in the fire. You know what I mean? Like She has cryptinophobia or whatever the one is where she's like afraid of triangles or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so all of y'all sit in triangle formation. There has to be something you've learned about her where you're like, her personality doesn't mesh with this type of person. Mm. But maybe she knows too much about them at this point, and she would see right through it. 
Either that or she'd be like, you know what? I don't enjoy this, but we're friends and I can handle anything if it's for friendship. Oh, damn it. If she's one of those people that's like, we don't agree, but we're friends. And that's what's missing from political discussions nowadays is being Mm. able to be friends with people you don't agree with. (laughs) So you sit there smoking your cigar, saying racist things, talking about Jesus. (laughs) Usually just Winston Churchill. (laughs) You've made yourself into the worst person in the world to try to scare her away. But she's just understanding about it. So you got to keep the charade going. (laughs) She's just like, right, you don't worry, I still want to be your friend, and I'm bringing over tapioca pudding. That's right, unlike everybody else who did sourdough or other stuff, I got really into tapioca during quarantine. <laughs> and you're sitting there with a cigar in one side of your mouth, dipping the other, telling her about telling her about brain folds and how that correlates to intelligence. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, tapioca sounds great. Oh, wait, why are we not solving this the really easy way? Which is, do what most young people did at a certain point, and just start having people over inside anyways. Oh, yeah. Do that thing where, oh my god, Dean, I'm, like, we haven't had like a full-on like actual quarantine like coronavirus question. I think we've actively avoided that. But can we talk about the transitionary period where like everyone had to have the conversation of like you were drinking with friends outside and it got too cold or something, and everyone had to like side-eye each other and be like, so do you guys feel comfortable coming inside? Do you want to like wear your masks if you do? Or, you know, like, you know, we could probably like, I can rearrange my furniture so everything's like six feet away. Like, did did that ever happen to you? Yes, multiple times where people would do the like, are we the all comfortable song with this? It was yeah. so obviously a song and dance too, where everybody was already on board, but everybody had to have this weird veneer conversation. Like, we had just gotten done doing that game where you like pass a piece of paper between your lips on Valentine's Day to like a group of people. <laughs> and then they were just like, are you guys comfortable coming inside? Because we just played spin the bottle, but you guys want to just pop inside well, real quick? I understand exactly what you mean. Even though you were outside, people had been inappropriately close all night that everybody was acting weird about stepping indoors and it was so obvious that everybody was already on board so just go ahead and do that transition is my advice yeah good point good point uh hey man you know that's the thing about observational comedy adrian sometimes it just hits right and you're so right that did happen <laughs> um any other ideas Sh- should should they just have an honest conversation with her about like i i is that prudy's mo to give that advice or can we like do we need to do that it just, it seems tough. It seems like it, I wouldn't do it. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I would feel No, that's one of those awkward. things where, like, you assume it's, like, two more weeks of quarantine. So you're like, I can just get through the next two weeks of doing yeah. this. And then How often are they having fires? You're right. Like, they're going to move inside soon. Like, what's the point of making this a thing? How often? Are you having fires multiple times a week? That's too many fires. That's a lot of fire. Yeah. Are you having fires once every couple weeks? Wait it out. I don't know. All right. Cool. Paul, yeah. anything else to say about that one? No, I don't know if we had the best of advice. Um, All right. You want to hear what Prudy has to say about this? I do. I'm curious. I'm curious with the professional's advice. Because, I mean, right. as always, we're amateurs. We're young gunners. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to handle all these situations. Uh, here we go. Come now. You know the answer to this question. Quote, we didn't say anything at the time because we were so taken aback. But please don't pee on our porch again. Unquote. It might feel uncomfortable to say this out loud, but that's because what happened was strange and uncomfortable, not because you've chosen the wrong script. Quote, please don't step into our backyard without invitation. Unquote. Sorry, this is a private get-together, so I can't invite you to join us. Have a good night. No more hints for Kay. No more hoping she reads the room. No more trading glances with your own housemates across the fire when you think she's overstayed her welcome. 
All those hints and glances will ever do is waste your time. She's not going to start picking up on them if they've never worked before. I realize I've incorporated an apology into one of the refusals, but deliver, sorry this is a private party, cheerfully and without regret. The sorry is ornamental in this case, rather than being load-bearing. Prudy really went for the throat. Yeah, I mean, once again, that's like the technically correct advice, and I agree with it, but like, Heart easier said than done to have mm-hmm. that conversation with someone to say that to it's easier to write that sentence than to say it than to say it to someone's face who seems a little bit lonely and like they enjoy yeah I was about over. to do an impression of her like being really sad about being like told that and then I realized I was doing the voice of like an eighty year old woman and not a fifty year old woman and I forgot that fifty year old women just kind of talk like women <laughs> they're, <just>, they're still <laughs> like a pretty regular age you're you're gonna do like a rickety old woman with like, yeah I was about oh. to. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just enjoyed your fire. Well, not a ghost. I was going to do an old woman. (laughs) (laughs) Are old women not all ghosts? I I don't know. They're pre ghosts. That's what I call them. (laughs) I don't know what the transitory period is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to jump into my column? Yeah, let's jump on in, baby. Let me pull it up real quick. So the funny thing about my column is it's Allison Green, who we've brought in a couple times, Ask a Manager. But the funny thing about it is we've had a column from her before that we've titled Office Poopers. Mm -hmm. And this is one that she's titled Office Poopers, but it's a different column. So the scatological is incredibly common in office environments is what we're learning from Allison Green. I'm going to jump right into the column. You okay with that, Adrian? Uh, yep. Help! I'm the office pooper. Every office has one. I have a medical condition that causes it, but when I have to go, I have to go. The bad part is, I have a coworker who is on a witch hunt to find the office pooper. She sits in front of me and constantly complains about people using the bathroom to poop. I try not to get into it much, but I'm scared of being busted out. I honestly don't do it for shits and giggles. Pun intended. I can't help it. How do I resolve this situation? I've already lied and said it's not me, so I can't admit the truth. That is true. It's legally binding. <laughs> My coworker has even watched the bathroom at different times throughout the day to try and find out who it is. Luckily, she tells me about these stakeouts before they happen, so I can avoid using the bathroom then. My stomach is hurting, and my nerves are on edge. I just want to poop in peace, but that seems like too much for my coworker. Any advice? So wait, this is a weird one. This isn't someone pooping in like the office shower. This is just someone using the toilet to poop? Nope, yeah. That was the last time we had an office pooper on. She was pooping in the office shower. So this, this is literally an office pooper in the sense that they just use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> they poop. That, that changes the game. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what do you think? You know what, Adrian? I want to get I want to get your opinion, but let me... I'll give you my history with office pooping. Mm-hmm. That's true, because I've never office pooped. Which is frequent and nearly constant. I would take 15-minute poop breaks multiple times a day. Mm. Anything to get away from the desk and play on my phone. I mean, isn't that exactly the origin of the uh, phrase that I've used multiple times on the podcast, which is like, uh, boss makes a dollar, I make a dime, that's why I poop on company time? Yeah. I have no idea what she's talking about. I did not know this was taboo. Yeah, I think that's just part of the that's part of being a human in a workplace, right? Until they can so replace Adrian- us with robots, there's always going to be poop breaks. You hit us with your opinion. What's up with this? Because for me, my poop breaks are like oftentimes just me getting a chance to take a break for the day. <laughs> it's just like it's not it's kind of a similar thing, but it's not like a, you know, like a fuck you to my boss. It's like a, you know, I just I'm busy and I'm self 
I self-impose my schedule and sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I wouldn't mind taking 10 minutes to just like browse through Reddit on my phone real quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think if it's not any, if they're not doing anything aberrant besides just pooping, I, I think that this is a ridiculous witch hunt. And, uh, I guess if you really need to, I guess you couldn't probably in an office without it making, without making it obvious. Um, but maybe it solves the problem for everybody, which is do what my sister does, which is, uh, when my sister used to date, she's a very shy pooper. And so she would never poop at a guy's house if she was uh, if she was hanging out with him. She would go to the closest pharmacy or like drugstore or like whatever convenience store and go poop there. That's exhausting. That sounds horrible. I, I think so, too. But for the longest time when she was like living with her partner who she currently is with, she would just walk to the CVS. She's too shy to poop in front of Zach, but not too shy to poop in front of the CVS employees. Well, she doesn't do it in front of them, but yeah. Oh, oh, she went to the bathroom, not in the aisles. Okay, sorry, I completely no, 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 misunderstood. Yeah. She wasn't giving a stool sample every time, pretending that she needed to uh, <laughs> for some kind <laughs> she, of doctor visit. She, she would walk in, immediately go to the Minute Clinic booth, and sign up for, like, weird colored poops. Because that's, assume, that's assuming that's what the issue is, is that it's, like, smelly or whatever. So that, that's, that solves the problem for everybody. Just go use a different bathroom. We've concentrated a lot on the asker. There's also a second person in the story. We need to Jesus. figure out. And we've been ignoring Jesus' role in this question. <laughs> well, you're right. He's always he's always present. There's always two footsteps on the beach. Mm -hmm. But in this case, there's three footsteps, which is the fellow The one-legged lady? <laughs> which is the person who's trying to catch her. Yeah. <laughs> by staking out the bathroom. How... How little work is I was about to say if out? if the issue isn't that she's like, you know, blown up the bathroom and that it's that like she's wasting company time. How much company time is this person wasting by doing this witch hunt? Do you, so do you think it's a time wasting thing or do you think it's a smelly thing? What does her coworker have an issue with? I think it has to be with a smelly thing cuz if it was a time wasting thing, she would know who's missing out on yeah, hours, right? It has to be like a, I don't like that they stank up the bathroom. But what what is she planning to do if she catches them? Is she, is this like one of those things where a dog is chasing a cat? Like once they catch them, what is she gonna do with her? Is she gonna like beat her up immediately? What's the plan? <laughs> beat the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's carrying around a gun with one bullet, and she's like, "You know what this bullet is for? It's for when I finally find the office pooper." And she's like, cleaning it. She's like, "I keep the gun." It literally reads like a spec script of like the. She always talks to me about it, about how what she's gonna do whenever she gets her hands on that office pooper, and I have to pretend like I don't know what she's talking about. I'm just like her, like a swirly old like sea captain, just being like, "Oh, when I get my hands on that office pooper, <laughs> this harpoon's going right in her back." Her coworker has one long scar down her left eye. She's like, you know what I got this from? I almost caught the office pooper one day. It was a dark and stormy night, and I walked into the office bathroom, and it smelled so bad I literally passed out and hit my gashed my eye on the wall. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, it's crazy. I've had crazy. a coworker who got like reprimanded because she took too many bathroom breaks. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, at Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's real shitty. No, that is real shitty. Yeah. No Auntie, shout out to you, Trader Joe's. Trying to act woke, but reprimanding people for using the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then also something about COVID y'all got in trouble for last year that nobody remembers. Also Trader Mings. That also got swept under the rug. Is Trader Joe's secretly running our society? Why do they have so many controversies that get swept under the rug? 
<laughs> I mean, one of those was in my local Trader Joe's that I worked at. But the other stuff, uh, they like very unapod- uh, unapologetically came out in favor of keeping those names and using them as a whimsical thing. I kind of agree with that. Those are delightful. Yeah. Are you against it? Do you think they should stop calling it Trader Mings? I think that for me, it's not a it's a principle of the matter. They should not yield to the woke police, these SJWs <laughs> telling them what they can and can't name Adrian, their products. When you think about it, when you think about it, wokeness is just like a religion. <laughs> when you think about it, yeah. Who are the real racists? <laughs> no defense of the COVID stuff, though. That shit was fucked up. I'm not saying that Trader Joe secretly runs society in the background, but... No, if they did, it'd be much better run than the way society's run now. <laughs> Look, just think about who you're not allowed to criticize, and that's who's really controlling you. Damn, who's the man behind the man behind the man behind the throne? True. Lie, cheat, steep, wink, <laughs> kill. <laughs> Everybody doing it. Um, back to the question. Fall. Office poopers. Yeah, what does this think? Why did she think this is a commonly known trope? Because I don't think I know about this trope. Why did she start the question with, every office has one? And if you don't know who the office pooper is, you're the office pooper. Why did she start the question with that bit? Like, Now that's good observational comedy. <laughs> I feel like most offices have multiple poopers. And, that's, and by poopers, I mean human beings. And most offices employ multiple human beings. This has to be like a pretty small group then, right? If they have the one bathroom, that's probably unisex. Do you think it's unisex? Well, then, it, I mean, otherwise, just like... Also, why does her staking it out mean she's going to get caught? These are two women, it sounds like, from the question. Yeah. Why wouldn't she... You're in a stall. Like, how does she know what's coming out of your orifice while you're in there? Like, why couldn't you still do it while she's staking it out? <laughs> I say you should do what everybody does on my favorite show ever on YouTube, Odd Man Out, which I've talked to Paul about before. <laughs> And whenever someone goes out in a strong crusade, you accuse them. You're like, that's exactly what the office pooper would do is hang out and see who's the office pooper. And so you start a campaign against her uh, trying to claim that she's the real office pooper. And you're like, hmm, who's spending the most time near the bathroom? You. Mm hmm. I like that. Do that and then shit in a uh, tissue box and put it on her desk. Also, maybe invest in some poopery that, like, stuff that used to be advertised on YouTube mm-hmm. ads all the time. Like, if your poops are smelling that bad, like, yeah, maybe spritz a little something when you poop. <laughs> Do a little spritzy spritz. Or maybe ask HR to buy it for the office or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The company tanks because their poopery budget is out the, <laughs> <laughs> she, out she, the wall. She doesn't know how to use it. She just always unscrews the entire bottle and dumps it in. Better safe than sorry, I always say. All right, you want me to uh, get into this answer? Yeah, bro. Let's see what let's let's see what uh, Allison Green's got to say. For starters, please stop feeling like you're doing something shameful by using the bathroom for its intended purpose. That's what it's there for. I assure you that many other people use your office bathroom for the same thing, despite your coworker's horror at the idea. Then tell your coworker to cut it out. The next time she complains about people using the bathroom, say this. It's a bathroom. That's what it's there for. People poop in it. Can you lay off the bathroom monitoring? It's getting, like, really weird. Seriously, this is 100% okay to be blunt about. What she's doing is really weird, and you can name it for what it is. If she pushes back or continues on her anti-poop mission, you might as well get even more straightforward and perhaps point out how crappy, haha, what she's doing is for anyone with a medical condition that might necessitate daytime defecation. For example, 
Dude, cut it out. You're condemning perfectly normal behavior. And this is particularly awful for anyone who has a medical condition and requires them to have access to a toilet. You need to drop this. And if it continues, please ask your boss to intervene. You can say something like, Jane is constantly complaining about people using the bathroom and it even and is even monitoring who goes in to try to figure out who's using it for what. It's really unnerving to feel like our bathroom use is being tracked. It's really unnerving to feel like our bathroom use is being tracked. Can you tell her to cut it out? The most important thing, though, is that you stop letting her intimidate you out of using the toilets for their intended purpose. Go forth and poop with no shame. Wait, there's an update. Do you want to talk about that answer first, though, or do you want to talk about the update? I mean, the answer seemed pretty cookie-cutter. It was, like, very logistically correct. To me, it seems like it's very clear to me that Allison's dream in life is to have the sitcom scenario where she gets to put an earpiece in some, an earpiece in someone's ear and tell them exactly what to say on a date. <laughs> like in every single one of her columns, she gives you like the in quotes, this is exactly what you should be saying. And it's so clear that she's just like, why can't I just like be everybody's like personal, like just like filter all of their speech and make it correct. All right. So the update, which I didn't even recognize was there until you pointed it out, Adrian. Resolutions, baby. First, my wonderful mother bought me some poopery and it works wonders. Ooh. I swear we're not being paid by Poopery to advertise their product, despite their massive marketing budget, as mm-hmm. clearly indicated by YouTube. Um, also, I guess that also helps us understand that it was a smell thing and not like a time-wasting issue. Mm-hmm. Secondly, the Poop Patrol has retired from her position of patrolling the bathroom. Within a day or two of my letter, she stopped talking about it. I was beginning to wonder if she had seen my post. Then at the end of last week, she announced that she is pregnant with triplets. We are also happy for her, as she has been waiting for a while. Turns out Lil Miss Shit Don't Stink is having morning sickness, but without throwing up, just lots and lots of pooping. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. She is terribly embarrassed about having to go to the bathroom so often now. Shoes on the other foot. I'm going to share my poopery with her, but I think I'll let her squirm for a bit first. I really appreciate all the feedback I got on my post. Damn. That was kind of beautiful. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, this shit's scripted. You can't write this shit. I really, I couldn't have written that. That was was such an awesome twist. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got three of them things in her. Oh boy. She's going to be dealing so with a lot of shit. That's the other thing that I was thinking about is like, it's going to be really stinky to be a parent to three children. I thought that's what the uh, thing was going to be. I don't know a lot about pregnancy, but it's because the three babies are pooping in her and then she has to pass that through her poopy. Yeah. Okay. Sounds about right. Any last comments, Adrian? Um, no, just, uh, you know, use promo code big facts, no cap to get 10% off your next order of poopery. Um, <laughs> awesome. You ready to move into my uh, third segment? Did I ever tell you about uh, one of my friends who was lamenting the other day about how his child was taught the phrase blow up the bathroom <laughs> and how much it was bothering him that his child could go into their bathroom now and be like, daddy blew up the bathroom. <laughs> and he was like, I think I need to lay off the hazy IPAs because one of the things that's really happening now is my daughter keeps doing that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that story really got me. All right, Paul, you want to blow up the bathroom? That is this third segment. I do. So, Adrian, are you familiar with YouTube content that's like uh, Dad Reacts or Millennial Reacts? Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, I know that. All right. So I want to do a little spin on that, which is comedian. And I'm considering you a comedian because you've done local stand up in Columbia, South Carolina. The only qualification needed. We're doing Comedian Reacts. Wait, this isn't Big Facts No Cap Reacts? Well, I, I'll, I'll help you react, but I, I really want you to 
drive this. Mm-hmm. Comedian reacts to historical poop jokes. Ooh, so okay. I brought in. This is like that one composer who was really into scatological uh, talk. Mozart, yes, he is in there. Mm. I've brought in nine historical poop jokes. Okay. Poo-poo, pee-pee, fart jokes, to be more exact. Okay. I want you to react to each of these poo-poo, pee-pee, fart jokes. I want you to, if you can punch it up a little, I would appreciate that. If you can maybe give it a tag, like make it work better on stage. Waka waka. (laughs) Exactly. Or if you think a a little da-dunch would work better instead of a waka waka, whatever. You know, you, you let me know. You let me know your ideas on this joke. You give it a one out of 10. You let me know if it'd work on stage. You let me know if it'd work in a script. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You let me know what's up, okay? Okie dukes. So since you already mentioned Mozart, we'll start with him. Uh, Mozart was very famous for apparently incorporating poop and fart jokes into his compositions and into his letters that he would write to people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A letter dated uh, November 5th, 1777. By the way, this one is sourced from Wikipedia. Uh, to his cousin, Marie Anna Sickle Mozart. Is... We had a romantic relationship with, right? I-, I didn't look into their biography, but I have to assume. All right. Damn dirty dog, Mozart. <laughs> so he wrote to his cousin, Well, I wish you a good night, but first, shit in your bed and make it burst. Sleep soundly, my love. Into your mouth, your arse, you'll shove. Yeah, that's a poop joke. I have to assume he wasn't saying that without any irony. I think he was saying that sexually. <laughs> Say it again. Hit me with that again. Well, I wish you a good night, but first shit in your bed and make it burst. No, that's a joke. There's no way that's not a joke. Mm. <laughs> you think he was into that sexually? Make it hot. Make it drop. Into your mouth. Your arse you'll shove. Oh, your arse you'll shove. Okay. Which I assume is like you'll smell your fart is what mm-hmm. he means by mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give that a uh... <sighs> out of 10. Okay, okay. Um, and in his canon, which I think is a type of uh, composition, a canon is a compositional technique that employs a melody with one or more imitations of the melody played after a given duration. Mm-hmm. So in his canon called Lick Mick I'm Arsh. Mm-hmm. Um, Famously. It includes the lyrics, Lick Mick I'm Arsh, Gishwandi Gishwandi, which translates to Lick My Ass Quickly Quickly. Is it funny he put that in music? Is it funny that he put that in music? Could Weird Al put that in his one of his uh, songs? No, but kind of as I was alluding earlier, Megan the Stallion could and has. <laughs> so, I don't know. That just kind of seems like regular music nowadays. You know, modern rap, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's just I'll not the same what? as it used to be in the 1500s. Uh, no, I think, yeah, that's that's those are bars. All right. So this one we're actually going to, if you Google this, this will come up all over the place. So I Googled, mm-hmm. you know, like, old poop jokes this will come up on almost every article that mentions old poop jokes Mm -hmm. this was a joke from 1900 bc the world's oldest joke traced Mm -hmm. back to 1900 bc so it was a sumerian joke somewhere in what we would consider now uh southern iraq Mm -hmm. it was translated from tablets and it's a fart joke okay Um, do you have any sort of guess on what it's going to be about um I assume it's uh, like the earlier version of that Rick and Morty joke where he's uh, Rick's like, uh, I got a little bit of news for you, a little bit of something for you guys to hear. And then he just farts. Hmm. Not quite. I will say pay close attention to it because it does employ a double negative. They weren't very concise back then in the mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. So you do have to pay attention really? to the word. How difficult it was to write cuneiform. They're just like, I'm gonna <laughs> go crazy on this shit. <laughs> Adrian, something which has never occurred since time immemorial is a young woman that did not fart in her husband's lap. 
Um, uh, so a woman who didn't fart in her husband's lap? That is something that has never occurred since time immemorial. Mm. A young woman who did not fart in her husband's lap. So mm-hmm. women be farting in their husband's lap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's better than what I came up with, yeah. Um, no, I think what you just did was basically it. You just gotta, like, punch up the language a little bit. So make it a little bit uh, pithier. And make it a little bit more like Steve Harvey talking on stage. You're right, you're right. You really, you really gotta def jam this. After you do your bit about women be shopping, <laughs> you gotta do your <laughs> women be farting in their husband's lap. I love that Sumerians were apparently like, it was like culturally regular thing to understand that a wife is sitting in her husband's lap. At some point you gotta fart. I think there's a modern version of this. Could you punch it up at all? Make it modern? No. Okay, it's perfect as it is. Yeah. I can see why it stood the test of time. Okay, so this is, uh, this was graffiti found in, uh, Pompeii. Ooh, I was about to guess, yeah. And it was basically just found on the side of a wall, and it said, Apollinaris, the doctor of the Emperor Titus, defecated well here. So it's basically when you walk into a bar bathroom, and yeah. if you just saw something that was like, Chris was here? Chief of Staff to Obama pooped here, just so y'all know. Oh, okay, so you're saying a big part of it is the officialness of their position. <laughs> yeah, I think the joke is like, this is a doctor of the emperor, mm. and he's pooping here next to a wall and, and signing his name. That's kind of the joke. Okay, I get that, I get that, I like that. I mean, it's visual comedy, like, you know, that's a carrot top bit, you know, it's, uh, he, he'd be that, he'd, he'd have to be the one to, like, do that in modern day. Okay, so you think, you think, he, you think somebody with more personality than you would have to sell that bit? I think so. I think that's kind of a, uh, that's probably an Eric Andre bit, like a man on the street, you dress up as a doctor and, uh, you take a shit on the, on the sidewalk. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, do camps, the fountain. This is probably one you've heard about. This was the most recent on this article from 1917. Mm. And my, my rule was all these jokes had to be older than a hundred years old. So this one is, <sighs> um, we done this podcast four years ago. You, you know about this. It's a urinal flipped upside down. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The modern art piece. And it's titled Arma, and it was sub- submitted to the Society of Independent Artists um, for the exhibition of the Society of Independent Artists. He paid $5. They never actually showed it in the showroom, but they didn't reject it because anybody who paid the entry fee got to submit their art. Mm. And since then, it's gone on to be wildly successful. And yeah, how do you feel about this uh, art piece? And I, I'm contextualizing it as a joke, so that might change how it's viewed. But to mm-hmm. me, this was a joke. I can envision it in my head, for sure. I've definitely heard about this before. And how do I feel about it? Hmm. What, to me, makes it feel like a joke is the fact that they couldn't reject it, even though they wanted to, because he paid the entry fee of $5. Mm. That makes it feel funny to me. That is pretty funny. Where did you get a urinal from? Where does anybody get a urinal from, Adrian? Well, presumably like a urinal supply store, but I think you buy them in bulk. <laughs> but uh, um, who who's that comedian that plays Gene on uh, Bob's Burgers? Eugene Merman. Eugene Merman. Eugene Merman has a very similar bit in one of his stand-ups, and I'm, it's been years since I watched it, so I'm going to slaughter what it was. But he basically would draw really shitty paintings or paint really shitty paintings, and because he was a celebrity, he could kind of sell them as like, it's interesting <laughs> because of the context of me being a celebrity. Yeah, it's like when uh, get, people who are prisoners do paintings and like either famous serial killers or whatever. And get them into exhibits. And to me, that's the modern equivalent of this. It's kind of knowing that what you're doing is stupid, but enjoying the fact that they're kind of forced to take it seriously. So this is from Martin Luther. That's Ooh. right. The guy who started Protestantism. Damn. Um, from his table talk series 
Um, so from Table Talk 469, he wrote, Wait, what is this, a podcast? <laughs> that is such a funny sounding thing. <laughs> Table talk four six. I like that he has as he has only half as many episodes as Joe Rogan. Close the gates. <laughs> he only got to four sixty nine. What's Joe Rogan on? I'm like sixteen hundred by now. Almost every night when I wake up, the devil is there and wants to dispute with me. I have come to this conclusion. When the argument that the Christian is without the law and above the law doesn't help, I instantly chase him away with a fart. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's going back to like a real like uh, all this cosmic stuff is happening that I have no control over. And at the end of the day, all I can do fart my problems away. Uh, so this one is from we don't have an exact date, but it's from 1380 to 1459. And it's from one of the most famous collections of medieval jokes called Facetai by Poggio Bracciolini. Bracciolini. Which translates to the kings of comedy. <laughs> um. It actually uh, translates to Legion of Skanks, Adrian. Mm. Okay, so one of the jokes. It's a medieval joke, Adrian. Mm -hmm. In Florence, a young woman, somewhat a simpleton, was on the point of delivering a baby. She had long been enduring acute pain, and the midwife, candle in hand, inspected her secret area Mm -hmm. in order to ascertain if the child was coming. Look also on the other side, said the poor creature, my husband has sometimes taken that road. Ooh, okay, that one's actually pretty funny. <laughs> love a good, uh, love a good anal joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that one's perfect. <laughs> there's, there's no tag, no way to punch that up. That's there. Uh, let me think of a tag. Uh, am I right, ladies? <laughs> You're right, that would work. <laughs> All right, Adrian, that's it, buddy. Oh, okay, cool. We've run out of uh, old, ancient, pooping uh, toilet humor. I'm sure we could find more if we really needed to, but that was a good uh, That was a good smorgasbord. Smorgasburg. That was a good sampler platter. A good poo-poo platter, if you will. Big fact, no cap, get out of here. Uh, more like big farts, no craps. <laughs> 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 yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think for today's big fact, I'm just going to bring some age-old wisdom to the audience. He who smelt it, dealt it. And my no-cap is, uh, everybody poops sometimes. Do you ever read Everybody Poops? You know, I haven't read it in years, but I, it, it was assigned to me in high school. I read the Spark Notes version. I didn't have time to read all of it. I watched the movie version. <laughs> and my teacher definitely noticed that I was getting a lot of stuff wrong. Yeah, when I was like, Chris Hemsworth, oh boy, he got the big poops. My, like, my favorite character in the, the book movie. is Chris Pratt and his poopies. <laughs> See you next week. See you later, Bray. Poopy do scoop. Scoop dee dee whoop. Whoop dee scoop dee poop. Poop de scoop de scoop de whoop. Whoopy de scoop whoop poop. Poop do de whoop scoop. Poop. Poop. Scoop de de whoop. Whoop de de scoop. Whoop de de scoop poop. <laughs> <laughs>